Jacob here from the Back to Back Films podcast. I just wanted to let you know that Keith, Byron, and I love bringing the show to you guys so much that we're collectively putting in 25 hours to the show every week, and we wouldn't change that for the world. But if you guys took 25 seconds to rate and review us on your podcatcher, we would love it even more. This helps us a ton and is often the only way for little podcasts like ours to grow naturally. And if we like the review, we'll even read it on the show. Also, if you want to become a supporter of the show, there's a link in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash btbfilms and look for the support this podcast button. We appreciate all the donations and thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. video with Jordan Peele talking to someone um, <laughs> he was uh, being interviewed and he was saying how he kind of set out um, making us without a political like stance like he wasn't going out of his way or um, huh. like okay like with Get Out, he was definitely saying something about race, and, and yeah. he it, it had a it had a kind of a politically charged um, message. But with us, he was more focused on just kind of making a more like you know okay. ho- mainstream horror Did- film that happened to have you know African American you know um, right characters, but that he buying bu- buying a boat and buying yeah yeah, but like that it wasn't that it's not a he didn't set out to make a movie a horror a horror like parable right of like you know what i mean yeah like yeah Yeah. which i mean i could see that i mean like because like key and peel like all all of that stuff that he he does with with um uh i forgot Keys, the key, key uh, michael 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 key or something and michael key Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, that guy who is hilarious. Keegan Michael uh, Key. Yeah, but he, um, all the stuff that they like do together, like I wouldn't say it's like politically charged, but like a lot of the jokes and a lot of like the, the the like the style of the everything, like the drama and the humor, is all like kind of mostly comes from some kind of political or racial place. So I could I could see maybe him not like setting out to do that and like say like a grand like thing about you know race or politics or something but i i could see it getting woven in just because that is just like what those guys do right no i I mean i think that's a part of his identity as a filmmaker and writer is i think he he that's just a part of what he incorporates within his stuff with his material whether it's comedy drama horror whatever it, it may be but he you know he said that for him the the film started with the idea of a doppelganger and that when he was a child he he would he he thought that the, the scariest thing that could ever 
occur to him would be meeting you know his doppelganger and that's what he kind of focused on um for the movie you know is that idea um interesting um but you know i you know when you're on press tours and stuff i'm sure you kind of get tired of saying the same thing over and over and yeah (laughs) you know your interviews probably not i've seen this with other you know directors and actors you know fluctuate a little different you know sometimes they say one thing sometimes they say a little bit different you know depending on depending on you know who they're talking to and whatever so it, it would be interesting i haven't seen the film yet but i'm curious having seen get out a couple times and going into us and you know i want to try and i want to try and see for myself if i can believe what he what he supposedly you know i get the feeling that's like if he didn't purposely set out for it he can't get away from it like Mm -hmm. because the film is like so (laughs) obviously charged with it that i wonder if it's just his sensibility just adds it in yeah like regardless of whether he's doing it consciously or not yeah because it just it feels that way. Well, you know what's funny though is this is this is something that I thought about too. So, like he has said too, like he wrote this with an African American family, right? So that people, the young African Americans, can watch these films and see themselves and see their families. Right. So, like I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking, you know. He, him watching poltergeist as a child he probably could only relate to it so much because that's a white family like they obviously do things differently so the idea that things might seem overtly like about like we're going to go out of our way to make things seem more african-american than white or caucasian or, or or native american or asian or whatever might come off like that to someone who's not african-american but someone who's african-american might just see that and just see it as an ordinary um way how you know how culturally how they live you know what i mean whereas someone like myself might just see it as the complete just like oh that's he's doing that because it's because it's not white does that make sense? Like, yeah, um, I can see that. But it's but, funny because because you're, you're right. Like in in movies, that there's like there's like this weird thing where there's like the the like the BET movie. You know what right. I mean? And it's like the um, you know they're they're like those like com like a comedy kind of like black comedy. And when I say black comedy, I mean like starring black people. There's like a particular like style of like film that I think a lot of people think of when they think of like a black movie you know what i mean right right but this is like this is like and now this probably will sound horrible but i'm not i'm totally not meaning meaning it to but it seems like this is a kind of movie that is like not it's it's definitely not one of those like bet movies but it's it's um it's like playing in the same field as like what just like regular non-bet movies kind of kind of play in with like uh, coming from like an african-american voice right which is i'd agree with that interesting yeah yeah no it's cool and i think i mean it was kind of cool is like you know five years from now hopefully there won't be like a a bridge you know what i mean like we won't be that gap will be filled and right and 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 it will be something that we're all more accustomed to, to to watching but like as i watched get out you know like 
the, the film doesn't hold back on its politically charged, you know, uh, visuals, dialogue, you know, everything. Because that, that whole film, I mean, the identity of that film is about these themes and like ideologies and stuff. At the same time, there were things in that film that seemed organically grounded in like African American culture that I could recognize as such. Just I wasn't as familiar at being someone who doesn't watch a lot of films that are designated to that sort of lifestyle or culture. Or, you know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So it, yep. it, you know, it's just like it's just like everything. You know, it's like if you if you watch like uh, Fuller House or something like that. Like a lot of African American families probably don't under or don't like appreciate the humor as much as maybe they would. Uh, a sitcom show that revolved around African Americans. You know what I mean? It makes sense. It's just, you know what I mean. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, but yeah, like, that makes sense. <laughs> like Will Smith in like Fresh Prince might, like you might be able to relate, even though they are like a totally rich family. Like right. I feel like maybe there there are elements where you could a black person would be able to kind of un- get it a little bit more than a than a white person. Yeah, I mean, That's like all my friends that are African American, like they talk about Fresh Prince as if it's like our Seinfeld. You know what I mean? But they don't really talk about Seinfeld and we don't really talk right. about Fresh Prince. It's 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 just the way it's just different cultures, you know? Um, Dude, that's funny so because I I've seen like way more Fresh Prince than I've seen Seinfeld. That's funny. Know? That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I'm not saying I'm some uh you know like you know black culture person. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like I uh it's just you know, I I think like The Simpsons is like the white person like show or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though because like it's he doesn't stray away from making those comments that kind of make it like a racial movie. Like, and not saying it's like a racial. I don't know. Like the white family in this movie, <laughs> clearly he designed right in a very specific way. Right. Oh yeah. Like kind of make poke a little bit of fun at the kind of like constantly drunk suburban but kind of rich <laughs> white people that's amazing who have <laughs> shitty twin daughters who just you know make fun of everyone and the wife is just going like you know he has to fill her wine and she's constantly drinking wine and they're like oh let's go home yeah. because you know it's like vodka o'clock or whatever yeah. like she's just drinking from <laughs> point a to point b to point c like there's this comment and it's heidecker it's who's the dad um but, and it's but, like this co- i don't know there's but you know what's funny about that though is like there are films that i've seen i can't even give you a good example at the moment but like that when when a african-american family is on screen they're portrayed in a very stereotypical way totally but the film isn't about that at all right because like bernie but, bernie mac and like transformers like his whole family like flips off his grandma right, right. like it's just like it, yeah really any michael bay movie i was gonna like say even like ba- even bad boys too. right it's like yeah. it, it, it's done by a white guy but it's stars you know predominantly african-american cast but it's written by white guys and so the family dynamics are all very stereotypical but the majority of the the people or at least the white people watching it they're 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 not picking up on like i don't know how to explain that but like 
we're just so accustomed to seeing it one way. So it's kind of refreshing to see it the other Done way. Done the opposite. Because, yeah. But e- even though it may or may not be organic. Like, does that make sense? Like, what yeah, I'm saying is I'm giving I'm giving him... I'm just being I'm playing devil's advocate and I'm and I'm I'm saying like he could technically be just writing it just like how the white people write write the the yeah, other ones you exactly. know like I yeah. I don't know how to describe There's like it. okay well it's inverted right it's inverted which is yeah. awesome and that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. like I'm not commenting on agreement one way or another what whether or not he's good or whether or not what he's doing is good or bad right um that's how I felt watching the movie was just that it felt like there was all this stuff that was being layered on there whether or not it's intentional, I don't know. He seems like a guy who, if it wasn't intentional, just can't get away from it. Right, right. Because of how much he's done, that's kind of trained his mind to sort of think in those ways. Like yeah. when you see success in a certain way, then you kind of put things into that mold and then and yeah. work it out. Um, so and that's fine. If that's the case, that's fine. Uh, I just I felt like yeah, it, it seemed like there was more going on there on the kind of every point of the movie. Um. And to me, that was like a little obvious. Like it, w- it took me out in that sense. Like I don't really, I'm like you, where it's separated out from watching a movie. Right. Like it's hard to actually get Invested into a movie. In. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. you know so much about how movies are done, and like yeah. in this film, like you can feel the plot points. Like you know where these plot Dude. points are going to go. Um, so like the escape, like you couldn't get the full escapism. It kind of kept putting a mirror in front of you a little bit yeah Mm. even more so than normal so that's kind of Mm. how i felt but all in all like you know it's a good movie everyone's gonna go watch us like it's not you know what i mean it's it's one of those ones that's kind of a cultural phenomenon at the moment so i'm looking forward to discussing it then so like you know like i'm because i'm stoked to see it i'm i've i've heard some things i won't mention them um in case jacob hasn't heard anything about this but i'm like damn it i wish i didn't hear that oh just little spoilers and like, stuff they, yeah. they're not quite spoilers but they're like hints and i'm just like god damn it oh, like yeah. i don't want any hints <laughs> you know like Dude. like pay attention to this or this you'll oh, never god. see this in the same way you know so, and i'm like god right. damn it <laughs> Dude, that's like uh that's like the marketing for shutter island market uh martin scorsese's movie like the yep. in the trailer it was like you won't believe the twist at the end and yeah, it was like fuck yeah. you for <laughs> yeah. telling me <laughs> exactly that yeah. there's a twist at the end like you kind of know yeah. as you're watching the trailer anyways that it's like is he like crazy or not is like the you know so it can only really end in two different ways you know but yeah. it was just like don't call that out I, like I come know. on that's like that's like doing like a sports trailer movie and then in the trailer saying <laughs> will they win at the end or will they lose at the end it's like well yeah those are the only two options duh to be fair though like with especially a lot of modern horror like they always try to fit in a twist the yeah. story always tries to go one way and then right at the end they're like gotcha yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. kind of the way that's what i mean by like with right. us like it doesn't affect it necessarily being a bad or good film. It's just that you can feel the story beats. You're right. You really can. I did so, hear that, you. this isn't spoiling anything, but I did hear that some of the beats, not only were they kind of, um, you could kind of see them coming, but but that there was one in particular that just like, people are kind of like. Like that was so obvious. Yeah, they, they, they were just kind of like, he he shouldn't have done what he did. I I, I can't say, I can't say too much just because I don't uh. want to spoil it. But 
I really want to know. Like, now. Did, I gotta know. Did you guys watch Infinity War? Yeah. No. Do, like kind of like Chris Pratt, how he like did that thing to to help Thanos win. See, kind of like that. Kind of like I've why only did seen that it once. I need, I need to okay. see it again. Are we really? I mean, oh. like, isn't the spoilers for Infinity War kind of out there? Like, <laughs> quote unquote spoilers. Like, well, I mean, everyone. I mean, the tra- the new trailer is out for the new one so so okay so what did chris pratt do to help thanos win remind oh, me I well he just like he got super emotional because thanos killed uh he found out that thanos killed like his love interest and so and he did he, that like thing. he he ruined the plan that they had set out and had he not oh yeah. ruined the plan then they would have won and wouldn't have and then endgame wouldn't have had to exist at all because of one thing that he did oh okay huh yeah okay yeah, I don't know what you're talking about in us. I'm genuinely curious. I don't know. I don't really know myself. So that's I, what, I just know yeah. that there's. But I want to know what you there heard. There was something to do. I don't know if it's the end or towards the end or something. There was some beat within the film that they said it took took the the whole twist away from them or something. I I, I oh weird. I can't quite. Word it the way you have to I, watch it first. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm sure if I watch it, I'll be like, "Oh, that's what they were talking about." But uh. I, I don't know exactly what it was. I just know that some people really enjoyed it. It was one of those things. That's what they were talking about. Some people really enjoyed this certain aspect of the film, and other people don't like that part at all. They just wish oh, that, they, dude, that he that he had like left it alone. So I'm like, oh that's I'm curious now what what that section could be. of the movie was that though? I, like, I, I know. Say, I'm super curious. I want to yeah. say it's like. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have just, we'll have to bring yeah, it back up we'll on the have next to bring it up. happy hour. Are you gonna remember though? Because I feel like we're not gonna remember this. We'll, we'll, we'll all write it down. We'll have to. We'll have God to. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know myself. That's the but thing. you know what said. But didn't you read what they said? What well, part of the movie it was? Well, it was like towards happened? the end. That's like the like the main like twist or something. I don't know exactly. They were trying to. They were. They were also very careful on on on, yeah. on not saying anything but they said that there was there do you was remember a, where you heard this then oh that? man i i god damn it it was either an interview that i was watching on youtube or it was something i read and i can't mm. remember what it was that's funny was it a youtube must have been a youtube comment it was definitely either an article or an interview about yeah. the, the about the, like a review of the film Mm, okay but i i tried not to watch any i tried not to watch any reviews of us because i because just in case of accidental spoilers or whatever so it had to have been an interview of Hmm. okay fair enough oh it was an interview of a fellow director fuck who was it oh shit ah it'll come to me god damn it all right fair enough (laughs) you'll Uh, get it out Uh, oh god damn god, Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, so this is the B2B happy hour uh, as you can tell we're talking about anything we want film and TV related uh, I'm Keith this is Byron I'm Jacob uh, and I think we talked about us for quite a while despite <laughs> not saying much about it which is impressive um, <clears throat> but I think a good chunk of this week is going to be dedicated to Climax <laughs> because we all saw it uh, and I think we were all pretty stoked about it. Um, I, so I feel like with this, like we should just 
straight up get opinionated. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. uh I think we all liked it. <laughs> right? Jacob, you like Gaspar No, so I assume you like it. Like Oh yeah. Nice. No, yeah. I I I I definitely liked it. I uh I you know, I, I keep talking about how much I like Gasper. No, but I've only seen Enter the Void and Climax. So, like, I feel like oh, a little okay. asshole. Like, I haven't seen the <laughs> other ones. But but I love Enter the Void. Um, and I I still like this movie, but I, I think I like Enter the Void a little more. I think this one was definitely, like, a way, like, richer cake. You know what I mean? Like, this one was just, like, a rich chocolate cake and maybe under the void was a little bit more balanced with its um you know with how like heavy it is you know what i mean like it, it was just like a, a little bit easier to get through even though it's a, it's like tw- twice the length of climax um but I, I still like climax i thought i thought it was interesting i thought as an experience it's definitely insane it uh not for everyone, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it is definitely like a ninety-minute nightmare that you. Can't, then the only way to get out of it is to just leave the theater, which I almost did, um, because at certain points the music and the the kind of drunken camera work, um, like the, the not drunken camera work, like like the kind of like on a. It felt like you were kind of like on a ship, like swaying and. It had really awkward, like looking down angles. It it just made me kind of nauseous a little bit, and so like as an as an experience, like it it is like ha- being in a ninety minute nightmare, and that's I mean that's kind of what I remember nightmares being like as a ch- kid. You know, I mean yeah. I still have them now on occasion, but um, it's definitely like one of the craziest films you can watch in a theater um, <laughs> in general. Uh, if, if you're looking for something totally outside of the box and um if you're looking for a good you know like an event (laughs) i would i would though because it's like it's one of those things is like that's a test no seriously like dude but not on a first date this is like a this is like a fifth date test no test movie no Nope. You can't just go. Nope. You can't just go nope. right yes, in there. You yes, you can. This is where Climax. I. This is, this is why I'm single for so long because <laughs> because this is why I'm married. The person that that will totally appreciate that as a first date movie is like she's the one. You know what I mean? Like like dude. Like yeah. No, dude. Seriously, That's funny. yeah. You know, because, Tiffany, because those girls are out there. Like my ex, man. Like I took her to Nymphomaniac, Enemy, and and she saw a Serbian film. A Serbian film was the second film we ever saw. The first one was Antichrist, like that she saw like with me, dude. And like, like there, dude. There are girls out there that would totally appreciate Climax as a as a first date movie. Oh, totally. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but as like. I just don't know if it's that first date. You know what I mean? Like, you got to warm up to someone a little bit. You know, because, like, Tiffany, my wife, Tiffany, I told her about Climax, and I was like, I'm going to go watch this. Do you want to see it with me? And she was just like, no, I actually kind of just don't. <laughs> I was totally fine with that. And I went by myself, and it was great. Um, but I totally understand why she doesn't want to watch it. I totally get it. Uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree, though. Like, being someone whose sensibilities lie kind of on these crazier films for sure. There's definitely aspects where I was like, oh god, dude, like 
I might get sick. Like <laughs> just and it's not Dude, even it, from the content, it's from the camera. Like alone. Yeah. Yeah. because um, like the okay, so we should uh, I feel like we should talk spoilers. I don't know if we should split it up or not. In terms of spoilers and not spoilers, I mean, there's really not too much to spoil. Yeah, it's not really the kind of movie that you like spoil and the movie's ruined because it's it's such a ride. You know, it's like it's like you go like to the theme park and you see the roller coaster that you're about to ride on and you see how fucked up it is like in certain spots. That's a good point. That's what this movie is like. It's just like it's gonna be insane even if you know where like the bumps are because the trailer gives the whole film away really. Plot-wise. I mean, because there's not really p- that much plot to no, the movie. No, right. Uh, I guess just for as we move forward, if you're one of those people who really needs to watch the movie first before you hear about it, uh, you've been forewarned. <laughs> right. Um, but at the same time, the spoilers, they like, don't matter it's mostly just like, here are the fucked up things that you see. That's the only thing that... Yeah, this, this movie is 100% really experiential and not one you watch to follow any discernible plot. Yeah. Right. Um, there is a series of events that happens, but it is about the experience of watching a movie and, and feeling while watching a movie. Uh, and the only reason why I bring up like the spoiler thing, whatever, cause like the last 10 minutes of the movie is just all upside down camera. and It's fucking disorienting <laughs> and it's like really nauseating and you can't really tell what's going on too much. Cause it's kind of this flashing red light. Um, and okay. everyone is oh, at their yeah. like peak of insanity, kind of. There's like an orgy going <laughs> on, and yeah, and yeah. just a lots of everything kind of going on. So that's the reason why I wanted to bring that up, though. It's just the movie did make you feel a bit nauseous a little bit, just because the way the camera moves and it's just unrelenting, um, spinning around and just sticking to people's heads, and you know. It's just an unrelenting camera, I guess, is the only way I can really put it. Um, But he does a lot of good stuff with it. Like, you know, the whole beginning section of that movie is phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, When they do, like, a six-minute unbroken dance sequence. uh, You know, goes from top down to pull out wide. Goes straight into a Steadicam shot right afterwards, which is super bizarre. Yeah, I guess it was like on a crane, and then they went on to Steadicam. And Gasper, no, or Noe, whatever, um, he was the operator for most of the film. Exactly. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, so a lot of what you see is him doing whatever he does. Um, And it just doesn't stop from there, because he just spins it around, and it jumps around to whoever wants to jump around to at the time. And then there's that whole sequence where they're like, the camera's on the cranes looking straight down at them. (laughs) And it's like, you know, 10 minutes of like various dancing and whatnot. Like Mm -hmm. it's so trippy how repetitive this stuff is, but you're stuck in it. Like that's the point. It's supposed to be repetitive because you're supposed to just be lulled into like acceptance of what's going on. It never gets boring though. It never gets boring. It's repetitive, but not boring. Yeah. Um, right. because you're seeing something different even though it's like the same thing like you're seeing each person kind of do their own like freestyle yeah. dance it's still different and it's a different person yeah and it, it tends to grow more intense as time goes on um and then he mixes that in with some crazy ass credits which i mean this movie has some of the best fucking credits i've seen <laughs> in a movie like it's so fun how he just throws it in like 
The beginning, I swear to God, is like reverse order credits. And then you don't get all of them. Yeah, I think it is in like reverse order. It plays, it scrolls yeah. up. It still scrolls up like credits do. But I yeah, think it they're just, flipped. Yeah. Because you, you see, see like the, the copyright and exactly. everything at the beginning. and Which normally, yeah. And you see all the song credits and everything else like. And then it, it doesn't show you everything. And then halfway through the movie, you get another series of sporadic <laughs> credits, which are actually all the actors, and then Gaspar Noe's name a bunch of times. And then you only get the title of the movie at the very end. Yeah, it's funny because, like, yeah, the middle credits, after, like, during the, the dance sequence, it's like all the actors and stuff, but then you get, like, the costume designer, but there's, like, emoticons with, like, a sewing thing or, or yeah. a scissor or yeah. whatever so then you know that that's the guy who did or girl who did the the costumes and then it'll be like the the movie camera like picture yeah and it's like then you yeah. then it's like benoit db so then you know that's the cinematographer and then the the scissors though the scissors i think was was the editor the editor and then like and then it was just like for guess for no it was like it was like something and then like a smiley face i think it was and then he flashed <laughs> his name like three or four times yeah. in a row too <laughs> fucking oh and then before hilarious. the credit i mean it was like the it was like the 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 actors and then it was um some of the the musical artists so like apex twin oh yeah, yeah, yeah. stones yeah. um and some like and then it was like the costume designer, production designer, editor, cinematographer, and then director, I think. Something like that. So that was interesting. It was cool, though. Yeah. I, I love, like, weird credits. Like, just in general. Like, I like it when a movie, do, like, doesn't do, like, this same type of credits that other people do. You know? Yeah. I really like credit sequences at the beginning of movies and at the end. Or just anywhere, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of neat seeing something that was like way different and like like i don't know thematically how it kind of fits but i i think if i were to kind of hyper analyze this movie I, I could come up with some kind of something about life and death because that that seems like what the movie was about in general i don't really i actually couldn't really tell you what the thematically what the movie was trying to tell me <laughs> but there there was something about the like how life and death are connected and how they're like they they go like tangentially fuck that word together um so i don't know there is like a weird it's like backwards and forwards at the same time is what kind of what i was thinking but it's it's tough it's hard to say but i bet there is something in there and i like that that was like utilized by the credits you know what i mean oh yeah he's such a He's such like a he's a, he's a cinephile, you know. Like he's very well versed in all sorts of cinema, and he knows, you know, he knows how to structure a film. So it's it's interesting how very uh, like it's it's there for a reason. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. you, like you know that he's probably he's a provocateur, like Lars von Trier and stuff. But he's more than just a provocateur or if he was just a provocateur he wouldn't be famous because there anybody could be that yeah so it's interesting and it's interesting that you say like thematically and stuff because i feel like I, I mean i think he's been quoted as saying that what his interests are in film what he his main interest is um uh seeing people um lose control and this film yeah. is like 
if if it, out of all the other films, all of, all of his other films are, are, you could attribute that to his other films. But this one, I think, would be the most explicit in that. You know, oh, 100%, um, yeah. so it's interesting because it's like you know when the credits are not in order, it's like it's almost like a, a, a you know out of control. The movie it, in itself is out of control in terms of where. You know what I mean? Like totally. So it, 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 it yeah. thematically it, it makes sense, and it but it's just it's it's so like refreshing to see to see um, something that could be so um, gimmicky actually make sense, and you don't get thrown out of the movie when you watch it. Like the movie <laughs> in itself is so crazy that you maybe smirk a little bit, but you don't. You're not like taken out of the experience. No, because it fits also in the terms of like, you know, when you're tripping, like right, yeah. There's shit you just see. So yeah. seeing sporadic, colorful words is not out of the ordinary. And, for tan- an experience and tangentially, like, that. like you don't even think tangent. Tan- I can't. I, God damn yeah. it. No, I can't say that word. You know. Yeah, so that's like, a hard word. it's <laughs> so it makes sense. It just makes sense. I don't know. I think I thought it was brilliant. I, and it's just. And oh, it's, I thought it was great. Yeah. And for people, you know, that have seen other films of his, you know, it, it's it's you can't help but smirk you know because it's like you know him at, you know you know his voice you know like my brother i took my brother to see it my youngest brother and i literally I mean, he had no idea literally no idea what film he was going into literally we sat down <laughs> like we, we literally sat down and right like right before the trailer started i said do you remember the film with an eight minute rape sequence with monica <laughs> with monica bellucci and he, she's, he's like, he's like, yeah, I do. He's like, and at the beginning, like, guy gets like his head like rammed with like a fire extinguisher, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, and I'm like, all I want to say is it's by this that same director. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, he's like, oh, okay, I think I'm gonna like this then, because like, <laughs> oh you know, because like, like just jokingly, right? In a sense of like, because it's like nudity, so that's all things yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. enjoys in films, but. <laughs> he 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 had no idea what the film was about, and I can't say he enjoyed it. <laughs> it was awesome. It's so funny because like the like the value of the movie, and this is where like reviews like just don't really like they kind of lose it for me. But the value the value of the movie is not in like whether you liked it or not, you know, and right. like the the value of it is so beyond the I like this idea of like reviewership, you know? So it'd be nice if there was like some way to like measure movies that are like this, you know? But I think what needs to change is like how everyone, almost everyone in America sees movies. Or I mean, really across the world, you know? Because if if you just look at Bollywood, I mean, look at how different those movies are. You know what I mean? Those movies would never fly in america but i wish someone would take something from bollywood and make a american bollywood movie because that would be totally awesome like i kind of wish the new aladdin was like that but i don't think it's going to be um but uh, what i'm trying to get at is that the idea that like movies need to be liked or disliked and that's the only thing that's important uh it needs to uh go away yeah entirely it's funny because like i guess truthfully like i don't think my brother i don't think he disliked it but i know that he didn't like i don't i know that he didn't go like he he definitely wasn't like that was an awesome movie but he 
he kept saying like wow like the dancing like he was really impressed with like the choreography the dancing of course he liked the music um especially right. the first song um and the that te- first the sequence technical stuff yeah the, like yeah. he 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 really he, he was like the dancing and stuff was cool he's like man those dancers were like incredible you know um but he, it's funny because he loves all sorts of genre movies and stuff um he's not a big film geek like me but he enjoys stuff and I, and I try and I try and show him things that I know that by himself he wouldn't see you know mm. um and sometimes I'm surprised and sometimes I'm greatly disappointed in what he d- does or does not like um but with this film it's funny because he doesn't have a problem with violence in movies or anything like that um but in real life um his body reacts uh extremely very sensitive to blood so blood doesn't really bother him but if he sees it like in real life especially his own blood he'll he he has no control over it but he mm-hmm. will like faint like his he, his whole oh, body yeah. turns white and he he gets mad at himself for that he, it's not like he's grossed out it's like his body literally like shuts down um right and it's like seeing a spider like you just have like a visceral response yeah it's like a visceral response and um Mm -hmm. but it's like war movies it won't be like that like he'll watch a war movie like saving private ryan with guts and stuff he'll have no problem but there's this Mm. particular type of violence that you're that that gets to him like like cuts and stuff like that so there's that Mm. sequence where the girl starts cutting herself oh yeah on the stairwell yeah that he he said that he almost like he almost felt like he was going to faint and that was before all the camera movements Damn. So he was already feeling a little queasy, and he he said that he he could feel his face drain. But so then when it came to oh, that wow. sequence, with all the crazy, he 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 had he he had to look away. <laughs> he couldn't. He he said that he felt like he was going to faint. So when we got out of the movie theater, like we kind of walked a little slower and like. You know what I mean? Like he had to get like a Gatorade and you know, like, interesting because it was like a, it was a it was a, a a body reaction. He had no control over it, and he was kind of. But you know, so that kind of it didn't take away from the film as like a, a dislike. It was just a completely different experience. Does that make sense? Right. Like, yeah, I know yeah, that I totally totally makes sense. So I was so glad to actually have seen it with him because I. If I just saw it by myself, I would have just been like, well, that's what I expected. Because, you know, it's Gaspar No. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. But, but, but right. seeing that reaction through someone else, um, I was able to see maybe how other people perceive his work that may not be familiar with or okay. or just, I don't know. I just, I get a kick out of seeing films um, with audiences that are shocked or you know what i mean i don't know it's more fun that way oh for sure <laughs> for sure i mean because like when you're used to it or you can accept a lot of it it's harder to like yeah see the actual effect like you know especially when you're like fairly forgiving about movies too it's like hard to see how other people react to it like because when i watch climax i'm like sucked into it i'm like right. this is fucking yeah. <laughs> super awesome did you um, watch it you didn't did you watch it by yourself or no caitlin and okay, i went cool, to go cool. see it when we were in new york um, did well, she did she she liked it okay cool yeah cool. no i definitely like if it comes around through town here i mean we're probably both gonna go see it oh again, wow cool cool i want to see it again yeah um because the music and the and everything else is so worth it to watch in a theater oh, and like, loud and, yeah exactly yeah. so that opening siren man so <laughs> fucking sick so good dude <laughs> 
It's like this starts with that soft song when she's all wandering through the snow, and yeah. then it goes into that siren, yeah. and then just that dude. That's that the kind of theme song to this movie is so catchy. It just gets me every time. And that song came out in the nineties. Yeah, and all of they, his music is they, like it's fairly old. Then they redid the beat to it a little bit. Um, they cut out because there's. Um, lyrics and stuff right to it. They yeah they that made it out. instrumental yeah um and then like the apex twin song that's an old song yeah window liquor no. which is one of the best music videos of all time <laughs> like and when that when that came on the 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 speakers on uh, when i was watching the film i was like oh my god that's fucking window liquor like yep. i knew that apex twin had music in there but he's done so much stuff that i wasn't expecting window liquor <laughs> so when window liquor was on, i was like fuck yeah <laughs> kind of the classic yeah i don't know that was awesome song i guess um but yeah, it's totally worth like catching in a theater just for like the music alone. Uh, I was just, dude, it's just so engro- it's like absorbing. Yeah, like the whole film just for me was just so offbeat and off kilter that it was like everything that I like. Yeah. And then like you know, the beginning part which shows you all the obvious influence of the movie too. You're kind of like, okay, I can see all of this, and I want to see like someone combine all yeah. these weird ass ideas like possession and suspiria like i've talked very highly about those movies so to see them kind of filtered and translated through climax i thought was like really interesting it's funny too because um i was watching listening to an interview with gesper noe or no and he was saying that like somebody asked him about like those references right and he said that yes some of them are, are films that he's always really enjoyed and stuff like that but for like suspiria he says it's not it's by far not his favorite dario argento movie but that because it dealt with dance, it fit well better than his favorite Dario Argento movie. So it's like an hmm. homage, but it's not like his favorite homage. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Which is which is which is kind of cool, um, uh, but a little different, you know? Because a lot of people like they want their their favorites on there mm-hmm. if they're gonna put, you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was cool. And like, I was. Uh, also listening to an interview with uh, Sophie Sophia Butella, Butella uh, yeah. who's kind of the the the, the character that we kind of see th- that through the eye, like her eyes, kind of um, the blonde lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she was saying that like, well, there's so much I gotta say, but like, there's she was. This is just incredible. The whole film was shot in 15 days, mm-hmm. and I guess like they'd film like so that dance sequence they would film that like seven to 15 times. They would take seven to 15 takes and then they would like go to like a next like thing. And if they didn't get it, then they would have to go back and and do it again. But like they would do each of these segments. She said, she said like roughly, I think there was like 15 segments for the whole film. And if you add all those 15 segments, it would add up to about 94 minutes, 95 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that, so they would just tackle these like 15 minute segments, like, a day hmm. almost to try and capture it and they would work chronologically so they only had a five page um script but it wasn't even a script it was just character um synopsis so it would be mm-hmm. like her character and they would say like a backstory and then there would be another person's character and it was five pages of just character there was no like this is other than like him just saying like you guys are da- a dance troupe and you're sangria is going to be spiked other than that nothing else was written and they just throughout the process made every single thing work like mm-hmm. everything else was an accident 
accident or a lucky coincidence or it just became an organic living thing and like like Sophia Botella's like character like three or four days into filming they came up with her name and it was Selva which is actually I guess Gaspar Noe's um uh uh grandma's name I think and it means forest and then there's that scene later in the film where she's looking at that mural that's all painted it's a forest and that's when she has her possession scene and at the beginning Hmm. um all Gaspar Noe said to her was your character arc will start here and at the end you will have the possession reference but we're gonna have to find how she you get there through the events you know um so then it all like through i they i guess they they filmed that scene the possession scene i think seven times and it she said like through the fourth take that's when she started to really realize these beats to it and like when she got her hands stuck in her um (laughs) in her uh things like in her pants she she said she had it it took five takes or so to get to where she was at so that everything there was a reason and it's really interesting in her interview because she she goes almost step by step she goes she she sees herself in the forest she she calms down because she is the forest Mm -hmm. and then you know this freaks her out this freaks her out she puts her hands because she's trying to escape into her pants or, or her you know her stockings and she, then she she freaks out because she can't escape and all but it made sense like she has it in her head the reasons why she would freak out and it's just brilliant it's like wow but mm-hmm. it took five seven you know five or six takes to get to that point and then the, the last you know seventh take is the one that you see but through like that's one fucking extended sequence in the end yeah, of you that seven times long. it's yeah. just like that, that makes me it makes me just love the movie even more. Yeah. Like, the, the the fact that the process of making the movie seems to be in relation to, like, what was being explored, you know? Like, it, be, because Gaspar, no, um, wanted to, like, lose control and, like, have these characters do these, like, crazy things, to, like, trust the process of, like, actually not planning ahead and just letting the craziness kind of happen is like totally amazing like i love it when like that process is like glued right into the idea of the movie you know? yeah it's so that much shit just gets me every time it's yeah. so much like his experience with like those types of drugs because he's like you know he's gone to the amazon and like or south america yeah. and like gone through the shamanistic routine of doing it like multiple times like taking ayahuasca yeah. and dmt and lsd mm-hmm. and like he's experimented a lot with that and when you do those types of things there you really have to accept that there's going to be no control for yeah. an extended period of time and it's and if you well if you try to if you try to maintain control you're going to freak the fuck out yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> well, mm-hmm. it is funny because he's got all that knowledge and experience but he specifically hired people that did not drink or, or do drugs um, so that at, in this controlled environment, they were, be able, they were they, you know, it's, they're exploring and, and, and going crazy, but it's controlled at the same time. And because it takes so much focus, like Sophia Botella was saying, it took so much focus to get through those seven takes to make to make sure that it was organic and that it was authentic within the character and and why she was doing everything that she was doing that 
through that with the whole character, the whole cast. Each character had to do that. Um, so there's no way that you could fucking make this film on drugs because no, it's you. It would just be sloppy, you know. No, you definitely can't. Like you just have to know what it's yeah. so uh, intimately know like what that is, which is like kind of probably the greatest dichotomy ever because you yeah. you're, you're you you have to be free, but it also has to be controlled. But then you're also capturing something that in its essence is if you were to do it in real life is so unapologetically out of your control <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't know it's crazy um but his his um and I, that's and that's where his like that's where his like i think that's what his um main uh focal point is as an artist mm-hmm. and and how he's you know as his filmography has has gone on and on, um, his films become more and more like focused like that. And he and he says now he only really watches documentaries. He says he hardly ever watches like just regular films. That he's really only ever interested in documentaries. Which you, when you look at this film too, it is like a documentary in a way. I feel like he'd be bored watching regular movies. Yeah, it's like he's gone through that phase where he found all the movies he really liked. Yeah, but like you know what what surprises you what shocks you yeah. in film with right. his sensibilities yeah so it's it, I, th- I thought that was interesting and it kind of made me relook at the film a completely different way when he starts talking about a doc you know do- documentaries mm-hmm. and hmm. i mean the way he he said that you know during those sequences of of when the actors are just talking to each other he would literally pull two people aside and be like hey i want you guys to talk about sex and you know, like those two guys that are talking about sex all the time. He's like, he's like, the whole time we were shooting, they were talking about sex. So I just said, hey, I want to take you. I'm going to film you, but just be a little bit even dirtier with it. And they just took all these different groups of people and filmed them for 40 minutes straight and just said, go. And then he would just go. And he said, like, you'd even have to, like, like, <laughs> they'd have to, like, not use some of it because he was laughing so hard in the background, <laughs> you know, which is awesome. But like just <laughs> to do that, to be so free with the process of filmmaking, and then to come up with something that seems so controlled, even though it really like right. on a artistic level was so free. They, it just sounded like everybody was throwing ideas out. Like he was saying, you know, hey, who would you kiss? You know, who would you fuck? And who would you who would you punch? You know, who would you kick? And let's and I'll try and make that happen within the film. So then you had all these different actors going like, I want to try to make it happen. Yeah, I want to be with him. I want to be with her. I want to punch him, and 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 then just organically, to, to just try to make a story out of it. I mean, like, how fucking cool is that? And to do that in fifteen so hard days, to do, I, too. It's like I mean, that, it, that's like what like so many comedies do. You know, like so many comedies are based on the like you know that's just improv. You right, know, right. it's like hey, let's like not that they're figuring out the character, but like they're like trying to get the jokes to land. So like. And that's kind of the same for this movie in, in a lot of ways. Like, there, it's not that like they have their character figured out and like maybe what the characters were say, but like the they're trying to like find the best way to get the dance things to like come off the right way. You you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it does seem like this movie even more so than like what a lot of comedies do, um, American comedies is um, really like really experimenting for with the whole film like on the day you know mm-hmm. versus 
just like, hey, what's like the funniest joke we could like just riff on that joke, you know, try and make something funny like Anchorman or you know what I mean? Not that that isn't hard because it's totally super, super hard to do. But it is just like a it's a different kind of trust. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I, it's like that's what I like about it and why I don't mind that there's no plot to it because oh, yeah. I mean the plot in the sense of there is like a timeline of events, right? Like. They good. They show up. They do their thing. Their practice. They get drugged. Shit happens. The film ends. Like you get to the end of your trip. Um, but I like the fact that because there is no plot, they were able to experiment so much, and so it, it doesn't matter as much as when stuff happens. It matters more about what happens. Right. Um, which you could say that about plot too. Like it matters what happens in a plot to get you from point A to point B. But in this case, <laughs> it's just like. As long as there's this continuous push towards delirium, and there are certain beats like you know when the kid like fucking gets touches the electrical. I was going to ask you about the kid, and there's an obvious beat there, right? right? And there's obvious things like he he scripted the line about how the chick had to leave, uh, whatever England because her roommate was doing right. LSD in the yeah. eye, and then you see that she's the one who's actually been doing it. like. There are scripted <laughs> things like that, uh. but they're scripted points just to kind of push conflict along as opposed to, like, any resolution for that conflict. Because mm-hmm. there is no resolution to this movie. Everyone's fucked up. Yeah. A couple people die. Like, uh, you know, it's there's nothing really great. Um, there's an abortion of sorts. There is a, yeah. There is yeah. sort of a, a, like, exactly. So there's no, like, but the fact that you keep it f- contained, like... You watch it and you still get the experience of an arc, but there's no yeah. plot there for your arc. And that allowed them to be so free in their filmmaking and with having so many characters and so many act reaction or interactions, I think that like it actually helped the film a lot. Yeah. Because you're able to just go from one thing to another and be like, Okay, well I'm done with that scene for now and then just jump to the next thing, you know. The camera can kind of do whatever it wants. Yeah. No, it's so funny. It's like there's this film it's and it's weird that i bring this up called breakfast at tiffany's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like it's a classic right audrey hepburn mm-hmm. made in like you know the early 60s or whatever there's a sequence in that it's kind of famous it's called this party sequence and it's a very mm-hmm. when you look at it now it's a very um uh tame party mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the time it was kind of this kind of bourgeoisie a little a little french party um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the way it's constructed within the film and the scene that that it takes place in there is no structure the but the party it's such an enjoyable scene because there's an arc like you said but there's no um there's no like definite beginning middle and end where there's like a I don't know how to describe it. You described it I mean, just exactly like how you described like, it. Like the three-act uh, structure type of thing. Right. But it's like... Yeah. There's no, like... You're not necessarily following one individual's um, experience yeah. with that. But overall, as a viewer, you get a arc. And I find that, like, those are some of the best films, like Valhalla Rising, right? Like... 
it it has an arc but it's not really an uh, mm-hmm. y- you don't have these specific points where we're like okay now he needs to be you know feeling re- redemption you know redemption or you know right it's, it's it, it, well it's a tra- it's a tragedy right yeah so it's like yeah i don't know i and i the more i think about it like i think those like almost ex- experiential slash um like i don't know what you would call it would you, what would you guys call that like a natural a naturalistic like what do you type what do you call that story i don't i don't know how, how you would describe that I mean, I guess because it's the only term we really have, it's just experimental. But it's yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like um like a play that would do something like that. It would have a name. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. There's some like Greek Greek name for right. like a play like that or something. You know, because yeah. like you know, there's like different genres. I feel like that. I feel like it's almost like a slice of life. Where if you were to take like if I was to take um a, a, a your day. Like your whole day, it would have an arc to it, but in the scheme of your life, it's nothing, right? But yeah. if I was to take, you know, two hours of your day, it would also have an arc. But within the scheme of the day, it, it wouldn't have. Does that, I don't know how to describe. No, totally, that. totally. Like, I, that's why I feel like some of the best films for me are ones that are kind of focused in on, on, on these like slivers of, of like these arcs, and it, yeah. it kind of makes for me like film ideas even more broad like who thinks of that who thinks of like well let's just do a a film about getting gas you know what i mean (laughs) but like you could that's what i mean people have just crazy ass sensibilities for things for sure (laughs) but that yeah no that's that's pretty much like spot on with it um and it's one of those ones that if you're not a person who enjoys experiential like if you need a guidepost (laughs) to get you from point a to point b like I mean, this is not going to do it for you. It 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 holds your hand into the movie and then leaves you. You know, it's like yeah. bringing a kid into like the new playground and then the, the parents just walk away to go get drunk, and the kids right. left to you know their own devices yeah. for eight hours basically. Yeah, like, but it's not even that. It's like they walk the kid into a playground, but instead of bark chips, there's just spikes everywhere, and then left <laughs> the kid there. Yeah, that's exactly. what this movie is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just like really just like leaving someone. Like a like a kid on the top of a flagpole. Like, what are they gonna? You know what I mean? It's just like they're just like they got nothing. There's you like a spiral I mean? slide, but it has no like edges. So if you go off it wrong, you just go yeah. off the slide. <laughs> right. And then it, when you fall off, it just leads to another like edgeless spiral slide that was slightly larger. You just land <laughs> exactly. on that and slide off again. And and all the swings like eventually one of the ropes just breaks. Like you, every time you yeah. go for a swing, it just breaks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's yeah, what that is. Um, it is a slightly uplifting film, though, too, in a weird way. It it is, and I'm glad you brought that up because there is like this like really like celebration of life like element <laughs> yeah. to it. Like yeah. it's like here's this really fucked up experiences, and here's like these people losing control. But then at the same time, there is like this like element of like, hey, they like lived or sort of a thing. Not that they like survived, but that they like like a like a celebration of death you know almost in like a um day of the dead kind of way uh, i don't really know just like celebrating life and death at, at the same time like as if they're the same thing i think there's, there's a celebration yeah. of getting through it too like right yeah like we made it to the other side 
which kind of comes from like those hallucinogenics like because it is such a long experience it can be a very arduous experience like when you get to the other side you're like holy shit like they actually made it through it because like there's there's that it feels longer than it is sometimes yeah totally totally and there's a lot of um anticipation at the beginning where like you know you're wondering what this is going to be like how this is going to be how intense this is going to be what am i going to do and then you have to experience it and then you have to get to the you know the other end and there's there is that sort of celebration like especially when there's a camaraderie that comes from doing it and then you're just kind of like holy shit like that was crazy but we made it yeah the camaraderie is only one person died but a big aspect of it really yeah because it's like we've all probably experienced parties where like the party itself was epic but something happened within that party that not everybody's leaving that party thinking it was epic right but even though you know that your best bud might have like had a real fucked up night, it still didn't take away from your experience of the mm-hmm. film, even though or of, of the party, even though you know he had a bad night. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that's what I felt like the characters were going through. It's like some of them were waking up and they were like, "Holy fuck, that was crazy!" But that was awesome. Meanwhile, there's a chick that got her fucking hair her hair on fucking fire, and yeah. another chick got, basically got her baby killed and the other one had sex with his sister you know what i mean like yeah. so like and one died one person died you know so like there's all right. these things that Actually, like, like three people died. yeah so like <laughs> and then the kid pro- probably may have died the kid definitely died the kid took all the okay drugs. wait the kid died his mom killed herself they locked the omar dude out and he died you could assume oh, that right. the yeah the chick who cut herself probably died in the snow the one dude, yeah, David, I mean, that's I think, at died. like the beginning of the movie. She's like crawling out in the snow, right? Exactly. Right. Just, like dies in the snow. Yeah. I think David dies. At least I gets think David, really I, fucked up. I think up. David dies. I think. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, that's they're the one. So there's at least yeah. five deaths. But then, yeah, there's the dude who wants to bang his sister and probably did. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, but also a common thing in Gaspar. I was just no, going to say, incest is uh, it basically in every single one of his films, yeah. Then you said, I thought you said there was something else. Well, then the one chick who probably dies in the snow, she has kind oh, of like the a hair, mini yeah, abortion. The hair. Oh, yeah, the hair. Um, it's her hair lit on fire. I was hoping for more of that. Because there's that one scene of her on fire. And then I kept going, what about the chick with the fucking, got her hair cut on fire? I know, they she walk like, away from it. They yeah. literally, the camera literally walks Which away from it. Which I thought was it. great, but I thought they were going to go back to that. Because then this whole time I'm like, is she like dead? Like, what? where the fuck, what the fuck happened they to her? They do it a little And then they go at the very end. And yeah. She's like, she's like cutting her hair and she's or like freaking shit. out because yeah. the back of her head, a scalp yeah. is like coming I'm off. Like, yeah. That's it. Like, I, I was hoping to see like some fucking charred ass like fucking shit. And that's another thing. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love the movie, but I was a little <laughs> bombed that it wasn't more violent. Like I honestly thought it was going to be more violent and more fucked. Like up. in the in the images, like you want a more violent yeah. imagery. They yeah. hide a bit. Yeah. They do hide something. They, like, they do, and I, and I don't think he was taming himself. I think it just what it just it just the, it wasn't the, the goal. The making of the film didn't get him to that point. I think you know, but uh, but I was a little disappointed. I think if they would have lingered too much on any particular violent moment, it would yeah. have ruined it. Like they focus a lot on the pregnant chick, right? During her kind of torture that she goes through. That was the probably the the most uncomfortable part of the whole movie for yeah. sure. 
I mean, but if they focus too much on like the fire, if they focus too much on David, they focus too much on any of that. I just feel like it it starts to undercut itself. Right. Like yeah. the camera, the whole point of the camera in this movie is that it, it doesn't care about any particular yeah. situation. It I, gives you like a taste of it. I like, felt that like know. maybe at the end though, the, it could have like the aftermath would have been more brutal. Because I was like, I was constantly surprised. Oh, well, they. they they're still alive they're you know they don't mm. look too bad you know like so i was surprised that he and that's maybe another reason why i kind of felt it was kind of uplifting it was that more people left were left unscathed than i thought of going into a gaspar noe film you know what i mean like i, I just kind of figured that but if you were to like break it down there's probably only like three people who actually were completely unscathed. Right. Everyone else either suffered serious psychological oh, damage sure. Oh, sure. or died. Yeah. So like in terms of unscathed, quote unquote, it's yeah. like there's really not that many. No, no, no. I totally The contortionist agree. Just... dudes were kind of the only ones who were really unscathed. And then yeah. the black dude who spends most of the movie just banging that other chick. Like, yeah. That they kind of leave sort of unscathed, if you will because um, nothing was, really bad happens to I was to even him. surprised with like the main chick Sophia Butella's character she didn't she went through that crazy possession reference scene and stuff but she didn't you know what I mean like she didn't experience like I didn't there wasn't anything that she had to really go through besides just being fucking probably in her own hell you know she just had to experience yeah because that's easy yeah well she had to experience <laughs> well, everyone else though yeah no, that's true yeah it just it was hard for me to relate to that because I I always in you in any film just have trouble relating to characters so it didn't it, I was just like eh. you know what I mean yeah, like totally. like yeah. um I I know you probably you felt I, I know no, you I felt feel the that, same yeah. way because it was just kind of like I don't like I don't care like I didn't that's another thing is I I think maybe because I didn't really care for any of the characters really um I I just I. I kind of want. There's a part of me that just wanted to be a little bit more shocked and and get that feeling like, oh fuck, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Like I always mm -hmm. go back to Dogville. It's the one film where like I just I was like, God damn it, like she's gone through enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, and I wasn't mad at Lars von Trier or anything. I was just like, fuck, like I, I was putting myself into her. I, I was seeing my like if I was going through that, holy fuck, you know, mm -hmm. that hardly ever happens to me. And I was hoping that maybe for this film, Gaspar Noe would be able to get there for me. Cause like, yeah, the rape scene in the irreversible is super uncomfortable, but it, but for me, I, it's a, it's a movie. I, I can't never get away from that. But I was hoping that climax was maybe going to change that for me, but still, I don't feel brilliant, like Climax ever movie. invited that either, though. Like, they're not saying, oh, find someone to attach yourself to. And no, then, not and so much. It just, it, people were just saying it's inexperienced. It's like, you know, normally when you when it's an experience, a lot of the time people, not necessarily me or, um, or you guys, but they, they when they say experience, it's, it's normally an emotional mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. But it makes sense that for this one, it's a physical thing, like my, what my brother went through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely physical. Um. 100%. Yeah, I think overall though, like I really like this movie. It's definitely oh, yeah. one of the better movies I've seen, and even through like I know it came out this year, but like compared to stuff I watched last year, like it's definitely one of my favorites in it, recent memory. I will be surprised if it doesn't make my top four for this year. For it's gonna be hard to beat. If it doesn't, beat. if it if it gets below that, I'll be surprised. Um, the only other film I can think that could go 
over it right now would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be a. That's like an obvious pick, though. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. Yeah, like, and then like maybe the Beach Bomb. I think the Beach Bomb and, and Climax will be close in terms oh, yeah. of like, well, hell, it's the same cinematographer, but like in terms of art film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Beach Bomb. In terms of Harmony Corinne Tarantino and Gaspar Noé, yeah, yeah, those will be your top four. <laughs> How many did I say? Three. Three. <laughs> I <laughs> I could have told you that three years ago when these movies were. The other one will be the new Star Wars film. <laughs> oh yeah, that comes I'm kidding. Out this I'm, year, kidding. Huh? I'm kidding. The Phil Lord one. Oh god, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, that's funny. Awesome. Yeah, that's a. Uh, we recommend it. Even Jacob recommends it, and you know Jacob kind of doesn't sit on the fringes as much necessarily. So <laughs> right. Uh, that's a pretty valuable recommendation, I think. Yeah. Because um, we've know other people personally who just did not like the movie at all. <laughs> who just don't. So like it. most people, most people I've talked to have just been like, "What?" You know. Yeah. And so if you're gonna watch it, go in knowing that it's gonna be pretty dark, and you're gonna probably have a physical reaction to it. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah, the point. set your expectations correctly. He's one of those directors. It's like you really got to set your expectations correctly for him to consume his art. Um, other films you might be able to just pick up and kind of get along with it. But I think knowing a little bit about it before you go into it definitely would I see what you hurt. did there. What with knowing? <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus, you might gasp. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! Oh, terrible puns, terrible puns. Um, yeah, no, but everything about it: editing, cl- uh, color, cinematography, oh, yeah. music, direction, sound experimentation, design. sound design, acting—it's all great. Um, definitely check it out. The production designer, yeah, is the same guy who credit. did um, *Lost City of Children*. Oh wow! Which is which? Gaspar Noé uh, worked on that film, but that's crazy. That's I was cool. like that—that that he's one of the top French production designers of of all of French film, hmm. and he did this film. Dude, the budget for this film was three million dollars. Yeah, like fuck. That's and including A24, marketing. And I shit. love that A twenty four picked it up. Also, oh yeah. That's just like yeah. The fact that they just are like fuck it, like we'll we'll support no. Who's got yeah? I mean. Obviously, when you go support the guy, you're saying something, right? He's got some pretty extreme sensibilities. So for, you know, the biggest indie production company right now to pick him yeah. up and distribute it is pretty big. And to date, yeah. what's weird is Irreversible is still his biggest um, box office uh, hit. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's still, like, Enter the Void didn't do very well in the box office. I feel so like was, most of that's got to be from Monica Belushi, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because at the time, Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci were a hot item because yeah. they were they they were a thing and and they were hot back then. And I mean, until I don't know, as of like four or five years ago when they split up, but like they were they were the thing. Yeah. Uh, and they exactly. only got that fine. They only got that film financed uh, because they were actually going to make an erotic film, um, and they had a meeting with Gaspar <laughs> Noé and. Um, and they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. We're not going to do that film. And then the, and then he's like, well, what about this film? It's a rape revenge film. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And that was the day of they were having a meeting with the, the with the 
with the producers to get the money, the financiers. <laughs> so they literally pit the three of them walked in together wow. and said, okay, we're actually not going to have a meeting about this erotic film. <laughs> we're going to pitch you this film. And they, they actually got it made. That's what's up. <laughs> Dude, that's what's it's up. crazy. I just want to add in too, the production designer for Climax was a uh, production designer for Jackie as oh, well. Oh, cool. So Sweet. not a small named individual right although they don't get any credit for like anything in movies so <laughs> did you say jackie brown or jackie the jackie, natalie portman the natalie portman film oh cool yeah cool uh i like that movie and in fact the production design is pretty rad in that movie. It, yeah definitely yeah it's yeah. one of those things where like you when you know like you don't never notice it it's when it's so good you never notice it right and you really have to take time to, to pay attention, and they don't get any credit for it. Yeah. Like it's so unfortunate. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, that movie, like, I mean, it's a period movie, right? So like, it automatically is like a little bit more noticeable than other movies. Mm-hmm. But like, they just did such a good job with like yeah. the getting you into that space, like into that period. Totally. Um, yeah, because he recreated so that, the White House, and yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Plus, like the the lenses they use them were pretty dope too for for that movie i mean it it, it it had that kind of aesthetic like that old school kind of feel to it yeah so nice uh i want to wrap this up quickly because i want to do our pitch as well but uh we can choose kind of one i think topic here it, we, one of whatever topics you guys brought i know you guys wanted to mention a couple of movies that you'd seen um so i guess maybe we can do that or we can either comment on once upon a time in hollywood the Disney Fox deal or buy NWR. So what do you guys well, want to do? Well, since since we're on Natalie Portman, I'll just squeeze this one in here. Um, Lucy in the Sky is a new movie coming out with Natalie Portman. It kind of has a very similar feel to Jackie. Um, it's she's an astronaut, uh, and it's by a it's the first film by a filmmaker who who is the showrunner for uh, Fargo and Legion. Um, it's a Fox Searchlight movie. Um, so I guess it's a Disney movie <laughs> uh, now because of that merger. But, um, but yeah, totally. Uh, I thought the trailer looked really neat. Uh, totally worth checking out. It's not. Uh, it's not a climax kind of movie. It's more of a typical um, movie. But it looks uh, pretty good. So give it a go. Check out the trailer if you want. Okay. So uh, sorry, Lucy in the Sky. So that's a Lucy good one. in the Sky. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Might as well just name off some movies that we've seen or looking forward to, and then we can uh, wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, I just got one quick plug. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, obviously. Um, I watched recently watched a film. I I rented it called Dragged Across Concrete, and it is directed by S. Craig Zoller, who directed or it's mm. directed and written by S. Craig Zoller, who directed and wrote Bone Tomahawk and mm-hmm. Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine, and nice. it was fucking awesome. <laughs> it stars uh, Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson as two cops that get in trouble for some like kind of brutality and they get kind of put on like a uh, off duty and they have to figure out means to keep money coming in mm. <laughs> and it's two hours and 40 minutes long and Damn. it's amazing. Jeez. It's fucking awesome. It has a huge cast. Um, Don Johnson, Jennifer Carpenter, um, uh, Michael J. White. Um, just, it's it, it, super good. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but I would highly recommend it for people that are kind of like into genre fans. Um, the, the, the writing was 
phenomenal. It could be like a novel. I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's out. if you're a fan of Cell Block or Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine and Bone Tomahawk, then definitely give it a give it a watch. I really want to see uh, both of those. I haven't seen either one of those. Oh, wow. Cell Block seems really cool. Yeah, so I want to check mm. that one out. This looks really cool though. This dude gets like it's crazy how he can like get these movies made and then you never hear about them like at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it was all filmed in uh, Vancouver. Oh, nice. Which is cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what I have. I watched Us, Widows, Aliens. For the first time, I watched Aliens, this, the second one. Um, Widows was okay. Yeah. I wasn't, like, blown away by it. Um, and then, yeah, Us, I can't, I don't want to say too much about. Uh, Jacob, you said you watched Magnolia. Yeah, watched Magnolia. Um, blown away by that movie entirely. Um, if, as far as, like a emotional experiential uh emotional experiences it it's it's definitely pretty darn good and that is coming from a white male uh which is the perfect kind of person to watch this movie because it is about <laughs> um sensitive white people especially white men and like how they're um you know it's a, it's definitely like a, a, a I, I like to think of it as a collection of eight white dudes who feel a certain way about their inadequacy or uh, some pain in their past and uh, and how they deal with it. And and it, s- it seems to kind of capture all, like, aspects of that and how, like, a white male would respond to that stuff. And, of course, like, it doesn't just apply to white dudes, but I think um, with how a lot of them are responding to their pain and to their um, suffering and their inadequacies, it, it, it feels very much white white male. So hmm. I love yeah. it. It is a great <laughs> movie. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm trying to s- see what else I'd watched. I guess if you have anything else, Byron. Oh man, I've watched so many movies. Um, God, yeah, I watched. Well, uh, while here, I'll do one more while he's going. So I, I watched. Uh, I'm a big How to Train Your Dragon fan, as you guys know. Oh, that's right. Yeah third one i didn't realize they were closing it up so they they closed up the trilogy they're not going to do any more and it had a beautiful beautiful ending i thought um as far as like kids movies go those movies they just like people die like people um there's a lot of there's a lot of um pathos in the in those movies uh and i really like it And and i like each movie really has a very clear picture of what it's trying to get the character through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. Like the, you know, the first one is about him, like finding his true, you know, he's not like a big, strong Viking. He's like a weakling, but like mm-hmm. his power wasn't in his like physical strength. And then um, the second one, uh, I, I'm a little hazy on it, but I remember it being in there. But then the third one, the, it was all about like letting go of like the thing that you believe. And it was like, it's just super powerful stuff and like what had great movies to raise kids on honestly because they they are teaching values that um that other movies just can't teach because they're not willing to like kill characters or or do sad stuff like this sad of stuff um and i watched i watched that movie in theaters with my uh sister um and uh you know we uh we both 
we both cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was it was it was a good it was a good cry. It was kind of like ghost. It was like a ghost level of cry uh, for me at least. <laughs> nice. Um, but it was good. That's it was awesome. rad. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I don't have a lot of other. I just haven't really had even the time to watch stuff as much as I'd like. So. Can I have a couple? There's a whole bunch, but I'll just name a couple. Graduation, which was awesome, uh, by Christian. I don't know how to don't know how to say his last name. Munju. Mun, uh, uh, we who he won the best director award at Cannes two years ago for it. Um, from the land of the moon, which stars Marion Cotillard, which was actually a, a pretty interesting French um, drama kind of romance um, film, which was pretty sweet. It's only the end of the world, which was fucking awesome by xavier dolan mm. who um his films are crazy he's 29 now and he's maybe made six films or seven films that have all gone to can wow <laughs> he is insane it's his films are fantastic i mean they're crazy um good and this film has vincent cassell Miriam Cotillard, like just awesome cast and it's almost all predominantly filmed in close-ups um hmm. and yeah just that was a great movie um, what was the other one from the land of the moon is that what you said? yeah from okay. the land of the moon um i saw if beale street could talk by barry jenkins the director of moonlight which was great um triple frontier on netflix uh ben affleck charlie hunnam oscar isaac um, oh yeah kind oh, of yeah, a yeah. heist kind of film which was how was that was that i, dope I actually i actually liked it it was it was written co-written by mark bowl who wrote um the hurt locker and zero dark 30 so it's it's more intelligent than the average you know action movie um sure. and then i watched a uh, holiday which we might have talked about briefly but it's uh we did yeah the jack black one I'm no sure. no I made that joke last but time. yeah the um oh and i watched cold war which was nominated for best foreign film oh yeah this last year um so how was the uh cinematography on that one oh, I, I know a lot of a lot of people who were like in the mix oh, really liked that one as a pick yeah it was really good black and white just phenomenal black and white um images it's interesting because like you combine it to roma it was interesting that two of those you know two black and white films two black and whites um, yeah uh, and foreign yeah movies yeah and what yeah. the only difference was roma was you know widescreen and um uh uh cold war was you know four thirds um oh. but yeah cold war was was great film and great music too great great acting um yeah <laughs> that's cool nice so good recommendations for stuff to check out um hopefully i'll have some more time as in the coming weeks to offer up more suggestions but i think those are all good um check them all out i feel like i've actually seen how to train your dragon the first one i can't remember why i watched it but i well, haven't seen the that thing, one. i don't know the other thing that i should mention speaking of you guys watching those movies is that roger deakins is a uh visual uh they, he's like the cinematographer but for the digital landscape of the movie he did um, that so for, they don't call him a cinematographer they call him like a visual like consultant or something yeah because really he know. did that for uh, wally as well yeah yeah but he does it for these movies and like you could kind of tell with like how the lighting works that it it, it like fe it feels a little more deaconsy you know <laughs> what i mean awesome. like it's like it's kind of especially in hidden world i felt it because they have a lot of like single light sources 
and a lot of like, um, um, I don't know, just like a lot of like really creative uses of lights that I feel like I've seen in like other movies of his. Oh, sweet. You know? Yeah. Cool. Like Shawshank, you know? It's very Shawshank uh, looking, I think. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. No, I yeah. think, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon is obviously is, is a series that's gotten a lot of acclaim. Um, so oh, for sure. it's probably one that people definitely should check out. Uh, check out all the movies that we listed. I know there's quite a few, so you might have to go back to uh, through and, and list them out. But anyway, I'm um, going to wrap this up. Uh, so stay tuned after the break uh, for our pitch, and we will be doing... Uh, dance films in honor of Climax, which is kind of the bulk of our episode. So uh, stick around. Welcome back. This is the Back to Back Pitch Fest, where we each have 30 seconds to pitch a plot to a movie based on this week's topic, and we vote on who's is best. Uh, this week, like I said before the break, we are doing dance films in honor of Climax, um, so dance has got to be pretty heavily featured in the plot. It shouldn't just be something that's kind of a throwaway kind of line. Um, who wants to go first? Anyone? Anyone want to? Uh, um, I think Keith does. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, let me pull up my uh, stopwatch here. Okay. So, mine is called The Demon Dance. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> the Monster Match. There you go. Also a good name for it. Uh, I think I'm ready. This is really long, so we'll see. Sweet. Cool. Um, and go. A sophisticated serial killer works as a dance choreographer who uses hypnotic techniques to find her victims. After creating her magnum opus dance, she plans for a high-end private show that will draw on the richest and most powerful people in the world. During the dance, she becomes obsessed with the woman who she desires to kill, but who doesn't seem to be affected by the hypnotic moves. Newly introduced to aspects of the human psyche she's never experienced before, the serial killer goes on a hallucinogenic pursuit of the woman, eventually confronting the root of her obsessions. Fuck. <laughs> Nice. Oh, it came Damn. in way under. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, oops. That was dumb. Okay. Jacob, what is what, your... What was the name of yours, Keith? Demon, or The Demon Dance. The, the Demon Dance. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Mine is called King of Thebes. Of Thebes. Like, with the B? Like... Yeah. Okay. Just making sure I heard that right. Okay. Yep. Are you ready? Yeah. And Go. A blend of Bollywood, modern dance, and Wim Wenders' Pina. This is a four-hour epic drama song and dance adaptation of Oedipus Rex, but it's a two-hander that follows Oedipus as he fulfills his tragic destiny and the struggling city of Thebes represented by a variably-sized chorus. The chorus dances and sings to reveal how King Oedipus is impacting them. Running deep in this film's choreography is the flawed nature of humanity and an individual's role in the course of destiny in a harsh universe. Dance is utilized throughout the film, even in talking scenes where motion or Stop. lack of motion. Stop. <laughs> How much did you have left? 
Uh, what? Uh, just like half a line left. Oh, okay. It was right nice. there. You got there. Almost got there. We'll have you finish yeah. it after. Cool. Uh, we don't vote. Okay. Uh, the King of Thebes. Yep. All right. Byron, what is your title? Wake. What? Wake. Oh, wake. Okay. <laughs> oh, All right. wait for it. Wake. All right. Wake. Are you ready? Um, yes. And go. In the depths of Kenya in 1993, two young European men decide to record native music in Africa as inspiration for their upcoming Latronica dance album. They encounter a tribe that welcomes them with open arms, giving them food, shelter, and knowledge of the local music and various dance techniques. They become interested in some women, and after one long night of exhaustive dancing, the two men wake up next. the next day died tied to large poles. They are being held prisoner and charged with spreading HIV within the village. Immediately, they begin planning for an escape, but they also have to grab the tapes they recorded, which lie locked with the local leader. So, uh, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Dang. Interesting. Uh, yours sounds like if Bass Nectar went to Haiti and it all went wrong. Like, that's just what I picture. Because he actually did like, go play electronic music for people in like, Haiti. So. Uh, damn. I hate being the first one to pick. Uh, oh, God. This is really tough because um, they both feature dance pretty well. Uh, dude, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> They're both like similar in my like interest of each one. So I, I guess. I'm kind of curious to see how a four-hour epic would play out in the way that it does. It just seems so... I don't know. There's something about it that seems like... Uh, I, dude, I don't know. I really don't know. Because um, I'm picturing... like There's a lot of like different movies I'm picturing with that, and they all seem just like so cheesy. <laughs> and I just feel like the movie might just end up being really cheesy with like this separate like city that's like singing and dancing to like tell you I get I don't know man I guess I'll go with Byron's because I'm a little interested with the like dichotomy of electronic music in the African landscape yeah. I don't know they're both pretty similar to me though I don't know. I guess I'll just go with yours. Just to move things along a little bit. I just just to make a decision here. Uh, all right, Jacob, what do you think? Um so I, I like I like both of these, I honestly do. I like I like the hypnosis stuff and, and, and all that stuff. But uh but I'm also gonna go with Byron's because um I I think I know you didn't intend it to be a comedy, but I think this could easily <laughs> be an amazing like comedy. Um, I know your mind doesn't work like that, but I think I could totally see like a like a Trop of Thunder kind of like style. Uh, Interesting. That could like, be funny. Though, like I type think. of movie, um, like you know, Escape from the Village type of thing. Um, but yeah, I I, I I dug it, and I I'd be curious to see who would make it because I feel like that would and and whether or not it is a comedy or a drama because I could. I could really see it going either way, but I think I would definitely be interested in seeing like, like Zac Efron like be one of these guys, you know? Like I could totally see him like being that like guy who's like going to Africa to like go learn his like electronic music this stuff and just like getting caught in this thing and then having it be super funny. Like I could totally see that, but 
I literally yeah, can't so picture. Go if you were to go serious with that, I literally can't picture who you would cast for that. Like, I literally can't picture anyone in that role, in any in any of the roles, really. I kind of picture like, <laughs> like, like Philip Seymour Hoffman if, if he was still alive. He's like one of the so electronic old. people. Yeah, like as an older like dance like, like there's so many DJs that are older. Oh, like a boogie night kind of. Feel. Yeah, yeah, but like like a um, kind of a gross like electronic person. Well, there's like so many. Well, not gross. It's just like Paul Oakenfold. He's like a huge you know DJ, but like he's old now. He's like in his fifties, but he's still like you know doing his thing over in Ibiza and doing these you know thousands and thousands of people you know. That, but Maybe it's like Philip Seymour not- Hoffman and Tarantino. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, so are but, you thinking? Are you thinking kind of like an alien, kind of like Harmony no, Friends? I was, I was actually really like thinking James of. Franco. Well, no, I was really thinking of someone more like, like um. I I I, I actually I wouldn't know how to. I wasn't picturing Philip Seymour Hoffman, but like that could work. But like um. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Yeah, it's so it, hard for hard. to picture anyone like, in that role. Like. You can even do it like the the, the boy from uh, not the boy boy but the the, the bad guy in uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you could someone with a oh, very yeah, interesting kind of like face that like you could play a DJ, but but someone that like doesn't necessarily look like he doesn't look like a comedian. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, um, but could probably play comedy. You There's know? another kid who like kind a of darkly darkly humor. You know. Um, like him and like Devin DeHane or whatever his name is, the guy from. Uh, Valerian, oh yeah, he Valerian. would be. No, he would be good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like both of those two guys or something. Devin DeHane would be good. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yep. Q- I would watch Gilchrist. that. Could, yeah. I could see this guy. Have you seen this guy before? Oh yeah, 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 I could yeah, see yeah, that. definitely. Yeah. Oh, he's in It Follows. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. All right. Um. So what do you? Who do you pick? So I was gonna pick uh, Keats. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like Jacobs, um, but I, I like this idea of uh, it, 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 it focused on a woman, which was cool too, because you're the only one that had a woman main character too, so that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just seemed super, super thought out. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. It was the second pitch I yeah. wrote. So. <laughs> I mean, I liked I liked all of them, um, or both of them, uh, for just some, for some reason. I just gravitated towards that one this time. Nice. Mm. All right. So that was our dance pitches um, in honor of climax. Um, make sure you follow us. Letterbox Jacob Foltz, Byron Guet, G O U E T T E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Uh, and then next week our episode will be uh, Lanthimos part one. <laughs> yes, and we promise it is Lanthimos this yeah, time. I know. I think we've been saying, saying that, that maybe Jesus. a few times. But, but. We'll, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, yeah. With Dogtooth and Alps, definitely take a listen there um, because there's some interesting discussion to be had with, with these two films. <laughs> Especially with Dog Tooth. Uh, and then we will be doing part two of Lanthimos with um, the lobster and killing the sacred deer. And then something I'm really pretty excited about is we're going to be doing floor by floor action after that, uh, which is with Dread and the Raid. <laughs> Just be some 
some dumb fun, just some straight up action <laughs> fun. It's not dumb, but it's just it's not as uh, thought provoking as Lanthimos tries to be, right? So stay tuned for all that stuff and in between some happy hour content. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.